Thank you for coming on today for November 29th, 365 Bible study. Let us go ahead and pray. Good Father, Holy Father, sanctified, wonderful Father, loving, wonderful, powerful Father, thank you for giving us your Son, Jesus Christ. Thank you for giving us your Word, Lord, and brightening our eyes, Lord, that we may see Jesus in the pages of your Bible, that we may correspond and enjoy the laughter and the joy and the beauty of your Word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Reading from chapter 6 of Daniel, New Living Testament. Darius the Mede decided to divide the kingdom into 120 providences, and he appointed high officers to rule over each providence. The king also chose Daniel and two others as administrators to supervise the high officers and protect the king's interests. Daniel soon proved himself more capable than all the other administrators and high officers. Because of Daniel's great ability, the king made plans to place him over the entire empire. Then the other administrators and high officers began searching for some fault in way Daniel was handling government affairs. But they couldn't find anything to criticize or condemn. He was faithful, always responsible, and completely trustworthy. So they concluded, our only chance of finding grounds for accusing Daniel would be in connection with the rules of his religion. So the administrators and high officers went to the king and said, Long live King Darius. We are all in agreement. We administrators, officials, high officers, advisors, and governors, that the king should make a law that will strictly enforce Give orders that the next 30 days, any person who prays to anyone, divine or human, except you, your majesty, will be thrown into the den of lions. And now, your majesty, issue and sign this law so it cannot be changed, an official law of the Medes and Persians that cannot be revoked. So King Darius signed the law. But when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, he went home and knelt down as usual in his upstairs room, with his windows open towards Jerusalem. He prayed three times a day, just as he'd always done, giving thanks to his God. Then the officials went together to Daniel's house and found him praying and asking for God's help. So they went straight to the king and reminded him about his law. Did you not sign a law that for the next 30 days, any person who prays or anyone divine or human except to you, your majesty will be thrown into the den of lions? Yes, the king replied. That decision stands. It is an official law of the Medes and Persians that cannot be revoked. Then they told the king, that man Daniel, one of the captains from Judah, is ignoring you and your law. He still prays to his God three times a day. Hearing this, the king was deeply troubled, and he tried to think of a way to save Daniel. He spent the rest of the day looking for a way to get Daniel out of this predicament. In the evening, the men went together to the king and said, Your Majesty, you know that according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, no law that the king signs can be changed. So at last, the king gave orders for Daniel to be arrested and thrown into the den of lions. The king said to him, 
May your God, whom you serve so faithfully, rescue you. A stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den. The king sealed the stone with his own royal seal and the seal of his nobles so that no one could rescue Daniel. Then the king returned to his palace and spent the night fasting. He refused his usual entertainment and couldn't sleep at all that night. Very early the next morning, the king got up and hurried out to the lion's den. When he got there, he called out in anguish, Daniel, servant of the living God, was, was your God whom you served so faithfully able to rescue you from the lions? Daniel answered, Long live the king. My God sent his angel to shut the lion's mouth so that the, they would not hurt me, for I have been found innocent of, in his sight, and I have not wronged you, your majesty. The king was overjoyed and ordered that Daniel be lifted from the den. Not a scratch was found on him, for he had trusted in his God. Then the king gave orders to arrest the men who had maliciously accused Daniel. He had them thrown into the lion's den, along with their wives and children. The lions leaped on them and tore them apart before they even hit the floor of the den. Then the king sent this message to the people of every race and nation and language throughout the world. Peace and prosperity to you. I decree that everyone throughout my kingdom should tremble with fear before the God of Daniel. For he is the living God and he will endure forever. His kingdom will never be destroyed and his rule will never end. He rescues and saves his people. He performs miraculous signs and wonders. In the heavens and on earth, he has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. So Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius in the in the reign of Sirius and the reign of Sirius the Persian. Incredible, incredible, incredible. Lions roamed the countryside and forests in Mesopotamia, and the people feared them and greatly respected their power. Some kings hunted lions for sport. The Persians captured lions, keeping them in large parks where they were fed and cared for. Lions were also used for executing people, as was the case in Daniel's story. But God has ways of delivering his people that none of us can imagine. It is always premature to give up and give in to the pressure of unbelievers because God's timing usually begins all other options begins when all other options have been exhausted. His power begins where ours ends, 1 Corinthians 1.25. To trust God is to have immeasurable peace. Because Daniel's fate went beyond the point of no return and past every human power, King Darius also became convinced of God's power. Although Daniel was captive in a strange land, his devotion to God was a, a testimony of powerful rulers. If you find yourself in new surroundings, trust in God's power beyond your last best hope. Be faithful to God, and He will use you to make His power known to others. Be faithful to God, and He will use His power known to others. You know, just because a person is healthy and balanced from an emotional and spiritual standpoint, doesn't guarantee popularity or acceptance. Such wholeness, especially if it is matched with ability, 
can be quite intimidating to those who do not understand recovery or the Lord. There will always be those who are threatened by or jealous of our progress in recovery. They may try to keep us from achieving our goals so they can feel important or powerful. When we are prepared for this, we won't be swayed by their intimidation. We must always consider how our actions will affect others. The king satisfied his ego by issuing the new law but failed to realize its impact. As a result, Daniel, who was obviously close to the king, was sentenced to die. Before doing anything, it is important to evaluate the significance of a decision. Will anyone be hurt by it? Is it morally wrong? Will we regret the outcome? If any of these questions can be answered yes, we need to consider plan of action. Another plan of action. Not only will we benefit from God's work in our lives, but others will too. Darius saw the awesome power of Daniel's God and declared it to the nation. He was also relieved of the guilt he felt for sentencing Daniel to death. As we are patient in our sufferings, we may find that God is using us to reach others. Those who abuse or persecute us, whether intentionally or unintentionally, need God as much as we do. When God reveals himself to them through us, their lives can change and they will want to tell others of the power of God. Amen and amen. May the good force be with us as we travel through this earth. Powerful story of God and Daniel. I really enjoyed reading this passage, especially what King Darius said. He said, peace and prosperity to you. I decree that everyone throughout my kingdom should tremble and fear before the God of Daniel. For he is the living God, and he will endure forever. His kingdom will never be destroyed, and his rule will never end. He rescues and saves his people, and he performs miraculous signs and wonders. In the heavens and on the earth, he has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. So Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius and and the reign of Cyrus of Persia. Isn't that amazing how we can continue to prosper in the midst of situations? And now a reading from 2 Peter chapter 3. In the last days, scoffers will say that Jesus is never coming back. But Peter, in this passage, refused their arguments by explaining God's majesty over time. The last day refers to the time between Christ's first coming and second coming. Thus, like Peter, we live in the last days. We must do the work God has called us to do and believe that he will return as he promised. God may seem slow to the believers as they face persecution every day and long to be delivered. He may also seem slow to us in our own day, but God is not slow. He's just not on our timetable. Jesus is waiting so that the more sinners will repent and turn to him. Don't let God's slowness justify your procreation instead. Procrastination. Instead, let faithfulness permeate your life. 
Think about how to honor God today while also making plans to serve Him in the future. Be ready to meet Christ anytime, even today, yet plan ahead as though He may not return for many years. Amen. Now, the reading of 2 Peter chapter 3. This is my second letter to you, dear friends. And in both of them, Peter, I, Peter, have tried to stimulate your wholesome thinking and refresh your memory. I want you to remember that the Holy Prophet said long ago and what our Lord and Savior commanded through your apostles. Most importantly, I want you to remind you that in the last days, scoffers will come mocking the truth and following their own desires. They will say, what happened to the promise that Jesus is coming again? From before the times of our ancestors, everything has remained the same since the world was first created. They deliberately forget that God made the heavens by the word of his command, and he brought the earth out from the water and surrounded it with water. Then he used the water to destroy the ancient world with a mighty flood. And by the same word, the present heavens and earth have been stored up for fire. They are being kept for the day of judgment when ungodly people will be destroyed. But you must not forget this one thing, dear friends. A day is like a thousand years to the Lord, and a thousand years is like a day. The Lord isn't really being slow about His promise, as some people think. No, He is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. But in the day of the Lord will come as unexpectedly as a thief. Then the heavens will pass away with a terrible noise, and the very elements themselves will disappear in fire and the earth and everything on it will be found to deserve judgment. Since everything around us is going to be destroyed like this, what holy and godly lives you should live. Looking forward to the day of God and hurrying it along, on that day He will set the heavens on fire, and the elements will melt away in the flames. But we are looking forward to the new heavens and the new earth. He has promised a world filled with God's righteousness. And so, dear friends, while you are waiting for these things to happen, make every effort to be found living peacefully lives that are pure and blameless in His sight. And remember, our Lord's patience gives people time to be saved. This is what our beloved brother Paul also wrote to you with the wisdom God gave him. Speaking of these things and all of his letters, Some of his comments are hard to understand, and those who are ignorant and unstable have twisted his letters to mean something quite different, just as they do with their parts of Scripture, and this will result in their destruction. I am warning you ahead of time, dear friends, be on guard so that you will not be carried away by the errors of those wicked people and lose your own secure footing. Rather, you must grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. All glory to Him, both now and forever. Amen. Reading from the Second Peter, chapter 3. It states, more commentaries. 
It is difficult to wait on God, particularly when He seems slow in bringing about our healing. Why doesn't God return for us now? Why doesn't He allow? Why does He allow suffering and frustration? The answer is simple yet profoundly full of love. God is patient. He wants all of us to come to Him and discover the only true way of salvation and life. As we wait, we can trust that it is always for a good purpose. We live in a world that encourages and rewards an active lifestyle. We admire doers and fixtures, arrangers and controllers, and we bolster our sense of self-esteem by the things we do. When Christ returns, however, who we are will be far more important than what we do. Peter reminds us that as we wait for this day, we are called to be God's people. It is good to take time to ask, Am I enjoying the privileges of being in all my doing? Have I lost sight of what's important? The kind of person I am and the person I am becoming. Amen. You know, God's truth is dependable. Our human perspective is often not. The apostle made this distinction clear. God's truth is not weak or questionable. It is not a theory waiting to be proven. False gods proven false. God's truth is certain and can be counted on. In recovery, a central question is, are we ready to believe what God says? or do we prefer the perspective of fallible people? The messages ingrained in our minds from past events, the doubts instilled by friends not yet in recovery, are, as we take God's word to heart, we come to understand more and more of the truth about God, about ourselves, and about our future in Christ. Amen. The Apostle reminds us that they could overcome the pain of past trials by focusing on God, His power, and His coming again, His splendor, and His majesty. Peter wants to, to etch the truth of God's amazing love into their minds. We must work through our painful memories. They do not disappear on their own. But as we do, we can also reflect on God's majesty and amazing love as we recall the good things God has done, the painful memories will begin to disappear. Amen. And now for the reading of Psalms, chapter, uh, chapter 129 to 152 from Psalms 119. And we ask God for understanding how to apply His Word in, to ourselves today. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We ask you to give us insight on in how to apply this word in our circumstances in Jesus' name. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. You're the Lord. Laws are wonderful. No wonder I obey them. Your laws are wonderful, Lord. No wonder I obey them. The teaching of your word gives light, so even the simple can understand. I pant with expectation, longing for your commands. Come and show me your mercies, as you do for all who love your name. 
Guide my steps by overcoming, overcome by evil. Guide my steps by your word so I will not be overcome by evil. Ransom me from the oppression of evil people. Then I can obey your commandments. Look upon me with love. Teach me your decrees. Rivers of tears gush from my eyes because people disobey your instructions. O Lord, you are righteous and your regulations are fair. Your laws are perfect and completely trustworthy. I am overwhelmed with indignation for my enemies have disregarded your words. Your promises have been thoroughly tested. That is why I love them so much. I am insignificant and despised, but I don't forget your commandments. Your justice is eternal, and your instructions are perfectly true. As pressure and stress bear down on me, I find joy in your commandments. Your laws are always right. Help me to understand them so I may live. I pray with all my heart. Answer me, Lord. I will obey your decrees. I cry out to you. Rescue me that I may obey your laws. I rise early before the sun is up. I cry out for help and put my hope in your words. I stay awake through the night thinking about your promise. In your faithful love, O Lord, hear my cry. Let me be revived by following your regulations. Lawless people are coming to attack me. They live far from your instructions. But you are near, O Lord, and all your commands are true. I have known from my earliest days that your laws will last forever. Proverbs 28, 21 and 22. Showing partiality is not good, yet some will do wrong for a mere piece of bread. Greedy people would have tried to get rich quick, but don't realize they're headed for poverty. In Jesus' name, Heavenly Father, we thank you for the reading of your word. We give you praise and thanksgiving for delivering it to us in a timely manner. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thank you for coming on today's podcast.